We celebrate what you have done in Jesus Christ. We remember what you've done and we claim that victory. And Lord, as we enter into this time to experience your word, we ask your help. Pray that you would tune us into your spirit. Lord, for those who are, for those are, for the distractions that are around us, we pray that we would hear your spirit. For the stress that many of us are experiencing, we pray that we'd find peace in you. And Lord, we just pray that you uh, would just speak to us in this holy moment as we open up your word. Holy Spirit, light a flame in our hearts so that we can experience your truth in a fresh way. Help us, Lord, we pray. Amen. I want to invite you to your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Uh, it's on page 953 in the Pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. But that's where we're going to anchor our sermon text into today. So again, page 953 in that Pew Bible right there in front of you. Uh, but I want us to talk about prayer intimacy. We're in this series called uh, Journey of Rhythm. And our lives need to have certain rhythms, certain healthy habits. And we've talked about just the importance of having your priorities right and having first things first and that time with God. That's important. We need that. We talked about the importance of if you're going to follow Jesus, you must follow him to the quiet places in times of solitude. Last week, we spent time talking about the importance of worship and how worship is loving God back. And that's not just a Sunday morning thing. It's an everyday thing all the time. And today, I want us to talk about this theme of prayer intimacy. One of my goals here at church is that we are a praying church. And we want to just invite God's help. We want to give God praise. And we call out to God in prayer. E.M. Bounds has a book called Power Through Prayer. I've been chewing on that this week. Power Through Prayer. He says, none but praying leaders can have praying followers. Praying apostles will beget praying saints. A praying pulpit will beget praying pews. I don't know if these pews can pray. I think he's talking about if your preacher isn't praying, then your church ain't praying. And so I want to be that prayerful leader for you so that we all as a community of faith can be praying people. That's a goal of mine. He writes in that book also, much time spent with God is the secret of all successful praying. God's acquaintance is not made by pop calls. So let's be honest, I think all of us would say we should pray more. We need to carve out more time to, to pray, and, and we have good intentions, and then we get busy and sidetracked and distracted, and we see a squirrel, and away we go, you know, we just, those things happen. And so I think let's all confess, we want to pray more. I hope by the end of this sermon, we will have some ways that we can do that. I hope that we can realize that prayer is ongoing and there's a lots of different ways to pray. And so there might be some ways that you can incorporate prayer into your daily routine that you didn't even realize was a way to do that. But we all have the same amount of time, don't we? Every one of us is given the exact same amount of time. And God also gives us the freedom of how we want to spend that time. So I invite you to what one of my teachers calls prayer intimacy 
where we have this relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that is brought about through time with Him in prayer. So I want to anchor our text, our, our message today, in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, and then in verse 12. Colossians 4. Colossians, I, what I love about the, the letter of Colossians, you know, Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, is that uh, it may be a, written to a smaller church, small town. You know, he wrote to big cities like Rome and Corinth and Ephesus, and some people think maybe Colossae, maybe just been a small town, maybe a little spot in the road, kind of like Berlin or New Berlin or Pleasant Plains or Loam, just kind of this little spot uh, along the road. And so I kind of like that. Uh, he also uh, begins this, the letter like he does many times with prayer, which we're going to get to in a moment, but he closes it with some prayer and this challenge to prayer. So I want to read our text, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. The Apostle Paul says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And then skip down to verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Father, we ask that you would open our eyes to this text Help us to grow closer to you and to be devoted in prayer. Amen. If I could put this in a sentence, this, these verses, this sermon, it would go something like this. In prayer, Christ prepares his followers for gospel opportunity. In prayer, Christ prepares his followers for gospel opportunities. And as we walk through these verses, I want to uh, highlight four commitments of prayer. I'm thankful for our team time on Monday. We, we identified some words that all start with W. I don't always do this, but today I will. The first one is we commit to watching prayer. We commit to watching prayer. It's there in verse 2, Colossians chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. That's the text. Be devoted. This is the word. It also can be translated continue steadfastly. It's used with relationships of someone who's loyal. So you think about prayer, you think about, are you loyal to God through prayer? So to continue steadfastly, it's this ongoing type of thing that is going to continue. And so the, the early church, it says several times in the book of Acts, they devoted themselves to prayer. They were continuing steadfastly in prayer. And so if we want to model this church like the early church, then they just prayed a lot. They just spent time praying individually, in groups. Anytime they were together, they were praying. And so now I try to model that for us, that we're just, whenever you find me, a lot of times you're going to be praying. And so we just want to be praying, devoted. It's continual. It's ongoing. So one way you can pray is just by taking opportunities to pray anytime you can. 
And what I try to do a lot of times is when someone comes up to me and says, hey, can you pray about this? Or will you think about this next time you pray? I usually, if the, if the opportunity arises, I say, can we just stop now and pray? Or if I'm talking with someone on the phone, I'll say, are you at a place now where I could voice a prayer with you over the phone? And I'll pray with them right there. We commit to watching prayer. It's ongoing. It's continual. So I want to take you to the first, first chapter of Colossians. Here's a prayer. And so some of us are saying, okay, preacher, I hear you. Need to pray more. What do we do? Okay, I get my list. In like 30 seconds, I'm done. Okay, let's be honest. You've been there. I'm going to sit down and pray. Preacher's after me. Okay. And then you're like three minutes, and, and it's like, what else is there to pray about? I've gone through my list like 10 times. So here are some ways that we can find some things to pray about. Colossians chapter 1. We read one from Ephesians. Paul wrote a letter to us. We read it as a group. Here's another one of those prayers. You can just read these as prayers to God. The Psalms are also a lot of prayers. But here's what he says there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So do you thank God for the people that you're praying for? That's one way you can just start thanking God. And some prayers. He says, Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love and for all God's people, the faith and love that springs from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. So he's praying for him. He's like, I'm just rejoicing that you're growing and that you're understanding what God is doing and, and this love and grace that has been poured out for you through Jesus. He continues, you learned it from Epaphras. We saw him earlier, didn't we? In chapter 4, verse 12. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister on Christ, of Christ on our behalf and who also told us about your love in the Spirit. Here's verse 9. This is what it looks like to continue steadfastly to devote yourselves to prayer. Verse 9, it's actually written on our prayer wall. Our prayer wall as you leave, there's a reason we have something visible like that because we want to value people's prayers. So there's a prayer wall as you leave. You can put a tag up there and write a prayer request. You can go and read some of those prayers. You can take some of those tags home with you and pray. Whatever you want to do, there is uh, ways for you to pray and, and ask for people to pray for you. But this is the verse that's put right there as you sign your prayers up. The Apostle Paul says this, Colossians 1 verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. That's a bold statement. Not stopped praying for this church. Then he says, this is Paul and Timothy, they're writing there in verse 1, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Those are some prayers you can pray. You're not sure what to pray about? Ask God to give people knowledge of his will wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives prayers for knowledge of god's will ask for wisdom verse 10 he's praised this so that you may live a life worthy of the lord please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of god being strengthened with all power you can pray for strength 
according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Life is hard. It's going to take some endurance, he says. Verse 12, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's a big prayer. You want to know what to pray about? Just read through those verses again, and you'll find a full list of prayer. This idea that he's continually steadfast praying. In prayer, we commit to watching prayer. So it seems like here's, the, here's kind of the, the progression in Colossians 4 two: Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. So devote yourselves to prayer, continually pray, spend some time, chunks of time throughout the day praying. As you're praying, watch. Keep your eyes open. Look for how God's answering your prayers. I think we miss this one a lot because we pray and then we're like, God doesn't answer my prayers. Well, because a lot of times we're not opening our eyes to look for them. So he says, you be, pray, being watchful. Look for how God is moving. He doesn't always answer them the way we want him to. Remember that. But watch for God's answers. And then what do you do when God answers? What do you tell him? Thank you. You see it? Pray, watch, give thanks. Jesus challenged his disciples to watch. It was Thursday night. He was going to be on the cross in just a few hours. Mark chapter 14 tells us what Jesus told his disciples. Mark 14, 34 through, and through 38. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. His soul is overwhelmed. He says this to his disciples. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. As followers of Jesus, we commit to watching prayer. Verse 35, going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. As followers of Jesus, we commit to watching prayer. One of my friends, uh, he was highlighting this this week. He has a, an app on his phone, and it's just called Prayer List App. And this is the logo, so you can go to the app store and look for the, the praying hands. And it's a prayer list. And so you can jog your prayer list down. And he says there's a way that when God answers your prayer, you can mark it and it goes to an arc. You can archive it so that you can kind of have a file of answered prayers. That's a good reminder on bad days. God's come through for me on a lot of prayers. So, so maybe that's a tool where you use it. You, you log it and you can see those answered prayers. What we did uh, this morning in our jam class uh, with our deeper life class, uh, and what I like to do with, with groups whenever we're praying is just a sheet of paper, a cheap spiral notebook, whatever, and we just write down prayer requests and praises. And then the next week when we meet, we're like, okay, let's read what we wrote last week. How's, how's, how's that happening? Is God answering? What's going on? And we add, add to it. And that's just another way for you to commit to watching prayer. 
Second way, not all these are going to be the same length, so if you're like, boy, preacher, we better get moving. Uh, Number two, we commit to witnessing prayer. Verses three and four from Colossians chapter four. We commit to witnessing prayer. Apostle says this, verse three, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So Paul says, okay, you pray. And you pray for us too. So I'm just inviting you. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for your preachers? That we can proclaim the word of God clearly as God's called us to? So we need your help. Can't do this on my own power. I'm so thankful for people praying for me. And I can just feel it. I can't tell you how, but they're just, you just feel God's work at when people are praying for you. So I invite you, even in the, in the worship moment right now, I mean, listen, but, but pray. You know, God, please move in this moment. Lord, for, for people that are hearing the gospel, maybe for the first time, would their hearts be, be convicted by your Holy Spirit? Lord, just move in this moment. Would you consider praying even while I'm preaching? Now, please listen. But I think there's a partnership we can have here, can't there be? And so we commit to witnessing prayer. He's saying, pray for open doors of evangelism. So you want to add something else to your list. Uh, Lord, we pray for some open doors to share Jesus with other people. We love Jesus and we want others to, to know about that, right? And let's be honest, a lot of us that have been in the church for a while, we're lazy with this stuff. I'm saved, that should be good enough. When's the last time you prayed for open doors for people to hear? Our mission here at Berlin Christian Church is to make more and better followers of Jesus. And churches historically gravitate toward just inward and better. And yeah, the doors are open. It's 10 o'clock. Just, they'll show up. I didn't think it's going to work that way. So we need to pray for open doors that we reach more people for Jesus. So think about opportunities to to have witnessing prayers, that God would expand the witness of the church and and you individually and your family. What's this look like? Well, Frank Lobach, he writes and he says, consider flash prayers, just those little short prayers throughout the day. Those are good ones too. And he says, you see someone, you pray for them. You're walking your dog down the street. You see somebody coming out of their house. Say a prayer. You're driving down the road. Some of you, I know, you need to pray. Okay? You need to pray. Pray the road rage away. Uh, but, but pray for people. You hear a child cry in the distance. Say a prayer. You hear someone, pray for them. You see someone, you just pray for them. There's opportunities all around to pray if we have eyes to see. Are you following me? So we can pray more than we think we can pray, can't we? Because there's this ongoing conversation with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all day long. Here's another way this looks. I was at uh, Sonic Thursday afternoon. It's half price drink hour. You know, that's the time to go. And so I was getting a couple drinks and, uh, like, do we still call them car hops? You call it car hop? The person that brought the drinks to the car. We used to call them car hops. And so uh, his name is Dakota. And I said, hey, Dakota, is anything going on that you want me to pray about for you later today? And usually I have to ask the question twice because they're like, what? I said, you know, is there something going on, maybe big or important or small, that you want, want me to pray about later today? 
And he, and he said, ah, pretty good, really, it's okay. And so he's counting out my 49 cents and $2 of change. And I, I told him, you know, that's your tip, keep your change. And, and then he's like, you can pray for my cousin. Just give it time. Ask the question, let the Holy Spirit do the work, okay? Just, that's, I'm serious. Now, there's other times where it, it just, it dies. I mean, it, it just dies. But more times than not, you ask the question and then it'll come. You can pray for my cousin. She's in a manipulative relationship. We've all tried to talk to her. He didn't, he wasn't crying. It was just me. He didn't cry. He's like, she, she's in a manipulative relationship. We've tried to talk to her. You can pray for her. So he's counting out the coins. I'm like, Lord, I pray for Dakota's cousin that she would know that she's valuable in your sight. I pray that she'll listen to her family. And I pray for this guy that he'd speak the truth. Something along those lines. Amen. And he's like, Amen. Thank you. And I got my drinks and I left. I just asked a question. You can do that. Let's pray for open opportunities. I think he might have been a believer the way, it's, the, way the conversation went. So that's one way you can do that. Ask for witnessing opportunities. Pray for open doors and just see where God opens. And sometimes he opens them and sometimes it gets slammed in your face. You just keep on moving. Third commitment, we commit to, I had to look and make sure this was okay to say grammatically correct, but it's in the dictionary, so I think it's okay. We commit to wising prayers, wising up. It's a, you know, wise up, so it can be used as a verb. I didn't think wise could be used as a verb, but uh, wise up or wising prayers. And so Paul says there in verses 5 and 6, Colossians 4, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So he's praying for wisdom. James reminds us, if any of you lacks wisdom, should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. That is a prayer you can pray, and God will say yes. So pray for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. We heard it earlier in Colossians 1. We commit to wising up prayers. We pray for wisdom and how we act toward outsiders. Here's another way to say it. In wisdom, walk to the ones outside. In wisdom, walk to the ones who are outside of the body of Christ. And again, as Christians, we need to remind ourselves we're to make more followers of Jesus. And so be wise. And let's be honest, a lot of Christians are very foolish when it comes to interacting with people who are not followers of Jesus. We, the worst, you know, some of the worst witnesses for Jesus are Christians. We just say stupid stuff, we do stupid stuff, and we, it's just like, oh, why do you do that? Because many people, if they had a really good, clear picture of who Jesus was, they'd be like, I'm all in now on that. It's the Christians I can't quite figure out why you're doing all that. You following what I'm saying? And so we as followers of Jesus, we need to pray for wisdom on how we can interact with those who are not followers of Jesus. And he says, here's how you do it. You make the most of every opportunity, even right there at the car hop spot there in Sonic. You can make the most of every opportunity, make the most of that special gift of time. And then he says, let your conversation be always full of grace. 
always full of grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's getting the opposite of what we deserve. Instead of being punished, we are rewarded. And it's that beautiful, overflowing love and mercy, his loyal love for us. So let your conversation be always full of grace. Now, we still speak truth, but we also speak it with grace, seasoned with salt. What do you like to put salt on? A little popcorn for me, to be honest. A little butter, a little popcorn. Some of you are like everything. I mean, some of you just, you just. So, but seasoned with salt, okay? So you, it needs to be noticeable. There's something different you recognize. Okay, this is tasty or savory. So that you may know how to answer everyone. I can't read this verse without taking you to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. The Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter shares what, how you answer everyone. 1 Peter three fifteen and 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So we do it with gentleness, we do it with respect. Always be prepared to give an answer. And here's an answer it's okay to give. Because let's be honest, so we're going to say, okay, I'd speak more about Jesus, but I'm afraid they're going to ask me a question that I don't know the answer to. So when someone asks you a question and you don't know what the answer is, you know what the right answer is? I don't know. But let's find out together. How's that sound? It's okay. We don't know everything. We're not God. Now, we should be learning some things. We, as followers of Jesus, we should know some stuff. Let's be honest. We should know our Bibles better than we do. But it's okay. I don't know, but let's figure this out together. And you can give me a call. It's fine. We can figure it out together. But what a great opportunity to disciple people. Say, let's figure this out together. Let's see what the Bible says. Try that next time. We commit to walking in wisdom. We commit uh, to wising prayers. So what's this look like? I want to tell you about Eldon. This is Tara McCann's elder back home in Palmyra, just down the road here. Palmyra Christian Church. Eldon was an elder slash deacon for 55 years. Just died this spring, 97 years old fought in World War II at the Battle of the Bulge. Cool guy, huh? And so Eldon uh, became a widower in 1977. His wife was the joyous, exuberant one, and he was kind of more the quiet, laid-back, hog farmer, grain farmer, just kind of good old boy, loved Jesus. And after some time of, of grieving, he realized that, you know, his wife was the the one that would invite people to church, and he was the quiet one. He said, I'm going to honor my wife. I'm going to start inviting people to church. And so he just start visiting people there in Palmyra. It's pretty much like New Berlin is. I mean, a small town. He just started visiting people in Palmyra and inviting them to church. And his son was a preacher, and on their weekly calls, they would, they'd have the conversation, you know, hey, here's who I invited this week, and here's who was at church, and just was excited about Jesus, Eldon, Eldon Ross. And then he started thinking about Marvin. Marvin's wife and their two daughters, they were at church, but our Marvin, he was a hard nut to crack. 
And so he was talking with his son on one of those weekly phone calls. I really love to get Marvin to church, but he's not budging. And his son said, well, engage. What's he like to do? Talk about, find some things that you have in common. Maybe you can build a relationship. And so he's like, well, uh, he likes to golf, but I'm not a golfer. He likes Harleys. I'm not a motorcycle guy. He drinks a few beers. I don't think I'm going to go down that road either. He said, well, just keep, keep after it. Keep trying. And I'm sure during this process, Eldon's just praying. I mean, isn't that what you would do if you were in Eldon's shoes trying to witness somebody? Just pray, pray. And so uh, some time goes by still. He's, he's not budging. And he found out that Marvin likes belt buckles. You know, kind of the... The good old, I think of cowboy belt buckles, but some of those bigger belt buckles. But he found Marvin collects belt buckles. Well, guess what time of year it was? Illinois State Fair time. Sound familiar? You ever been? You want to go this afternoon? Michael's taking a group to the Powerlight Fest. So he goes to the Illinois State Fair, and there at the vendors, there's this big, long table of belt buckles. And he starts to think, he's like, I better get that one for Marvin. And so he gets that belt buckle, takes it back home to Palmyra, and later on he uh, goes and invites Marvin and says, hey, we got a guest preacher that's coming up, and we're going to have a potluck. It's going to be a nice time. Love for you to come. No go. Marvin, I hear you like belt buckles. Got you a belt buckle. Would you come to church? That's Marvin and, and Eldon. Eldon's right there on the left. That's the belt buckle. And Marvin looks at that belt buckle. And it's too, I mean, stone cold, just no, no go. And he looks at that belt buckle, and he just starts cracking up laughing. I mean, big time, just roaring laughter. You can't really see the belt buckle, but maybe now you can. So an elder of the church buys Marvin a belt buckle at the Illinois State Fair with a horseshoe. And in the middle of the horseshoe, he thought he got a maple leaf from Canada. Instead, it is a leaf of marijuana. Let it come to church. Yeah, you got to remember this a few years ago. Guess what? Marvin gave him church. And he came again and again, and he rededicated his life to Jesus. Because some country farmer who loved Jesus and loved people, and I'm sure prayed a lot of prayers, bought a belt buckle with a marijuana leaf on it, <laughs> and used it to invite Jesus, someone to church. You can take that story several different ways. But the way I take it is God's going to use whatever offering you do and he'll work the details out. You just be faithful. You be praying. Prayers for wisdom and how you act toward outsiders. Prayers for witnessing opportunities. Prayers for, for watching God work. And the final one we want to rant, close in on is wrestling. We wrestle in prayer. Verse 12, Ephesians chapter, or Colossians chapter 4. Epaphras, who is one of you. This might be their preacher. I'd want him to be the preacher of my church. I know that. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus sends greetings. He is always, always wrestling 
continue steadfast, always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will, in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. The word for, for wrestle here is where we get our word agonize. Agonizing. Paul uses it other places where he says, I have fought the good fight. And so sometimes we view prayer as wrestling. I think that's an okay way because we're wrestling for the souls of people. We're, we're wrestling for, for what God's doing. There's a spiritual battle between God and, and the evil spiritual forces. And so I think it's a healthy way to talk about prayers. There's some intense intensity here. And it's even in this intimate relationship, we come to our Father and we can wrestle or agonize in prayer for those we love. The Apostle Paul says it this way just earlier in the letter, Colossians 1.29, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So we wrestle in prayer. So I want you to think about watching prayer, witnessing prayer, wising prayer, wrestling prayer. Where do you want to draw your attention on this week? What's it going to look like for you this week? Where are you going to start? One, remember, God meets us where we are and slowly moves us into deeper things. Richard Foster says that. So you're going to say, I, I don't even know where to start. Well, just start somewhere. God will meet you where you are and he'll work you on to deeper things. Pray for open doors for the gospel. Pray for wisdom to speak well with those who are outside of Christ. Pray, realize that prayer is agonizing. It's hard work. Uh, and then I want to encourage you to find a system to organize your prayer life. Find a system. You need to have some kind of order, and, and, you know, whether it's on paper or digital or some way that you can just organize your prayer life and track some of those answers and just find some way to be that person of prayer that God's calling you to be. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for your word. I thank you for the faithful prayers of your people in this moment. I thank you that you hear our prayers and that you want to listen and that you want us to listen to you. I pray that we will be a praying church. I pray for lost people to come home. I pray for those who are outside of the faith to be brought in. Lord, I pray that as we walk out of here today that we would have opportunities by just asking a question or a simple gesture of love and kindness to our neighbors. Help us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to be people of prayer, to be people of change. Amen.